When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome to the show. Welcome to Confessions of a Creative Director, the only podcast made by a creative director for creative directors, for people who used to be creative directors who aren't creative directors anymore, who never want to touch it again, to people that are still aspiring to be creative directors. Really, the show is for anybody who is interested in creative people. Uh, and uh, creative processes and things like that. So this show is for everybody. Welcome, one and all. So it took a little uh, hiatus there for, I don't know, what is that, two or three weeks? So back, I'm refreshed, I'm ready to go. We've been pretty busy at Advantage. So I, I realized that I haven't really talked that much to you all about Advantage, the agency that I work for. Uh, Advantage is a sponsorship and brand experience agency, so we do a lot of big uh, sponsorship consulting and activation, so things like the NFL and you know activating at Super Bowl um, in terms of you know big brand experiences, experiential. So that's been our our bread and butter for a long time, and I've got an incredible creative group within the organization that does a lot of additional stuff, everything from the experiential that I just described, but also content and. Um, all kinds of design and uh, writing, and so it, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool group. And there's some exciting things happening within our organization. I can't tell you about them just yet. We're going to be announcing something later uh, this year, but a lot of cool things happening for Advantage and especially the creative team. So I'll be excited to talk to you about that uh, in the coming months. But uh, a really important member of my creative team at Advantage, she's been around with us since pretty much since the beginning of the agency, I think uh, uh, definitely over six years. But uh, that's Justina Serbolic. She's associate creative director for the agency. She worked her way up from uh, being a graphic designer all the way to the current position that she has. And we're just going to have a really interesting conversation with her um, she's really bright. Um, she's come such a long way. As I mentioned, I mean, she was really focused on 2D design when she came in, and now she's an incredible conceptual thinker, can really um, put big ideas together on paper, and, and she's become a really great presenter. And I'm just so proud of everything that, that she's done. So I'm like, I'm going to feature her because I really feel like uh, she's one of the next generation of creative directors um, she's really incredible, and um, yeah, let's let's get right to it. So, without further delay, here's Jacina Serbalik. Hey, Jacina, how are you? Hello, I'm doing pretty good. Nice I know it, it. Good to see you. Although we've probably been on about I don't know four or five hours worth of uh, <laughs> of um, video calls today, so 
Um, mm-hmm. it, feel, it feels a little, it feels a little bit phony for me to be pretending like I'm just seeing you for the first time. I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, another call with you lady. Come on. Right. Right. No, I hear you hard. on that. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. It's always, it's always fun to, um, to chat with you. We've got a lot of stuff going on. So for, for the listeners that are listening right now, we can't, we can't tell you anything right now. There's a lot of exciting things happening uh, within our agency. And in turn, that means a lot of exciting things for the creative team, which, as I mentioned earlier, Jacina is an integral part of. So we're super excited. As soon as I can share something with you, um, I will. But just uh, know that there's lots of exciting things happening. We've been busy nonstop doing some really fun work, some different work than we're used to. And we're super excited to be um, stretching our creative wings a little bit. So, uh, thanks for taking the time. I know, uh, I know it's busy. So thanks for making the time you're on the East coast. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's about five thirty for you. Perfect beer time or drink time. So as always on our show, we love to hear what our guests are drinking. So tell us a little bit about what you're having. Of course. Yeah. I'm always happy when I make it to five thirty without <laughs> having a beer during these quarantine times. So I am drinking a beer. I didn't make a cocktail, but um, that's more my style, I'd say. So I'm drinking an IPA called Joanne, which is um, a local brewery in Troy, New York. So a little bit south of Saratoga, where I am. And it's actually my mom's friend owns a brewery, but the, the beer is really like sessionable, drinkable IPA. So it's delicious. I love the word. I love the word sessionable because it's, it's just it's just such a classy way to say like I can drink a shit ton of these and not not exactly. get and not get not get super wasted. Still pretty wasted, but not. So I just love that yeah. word. That's right. You're now in Saratoga, so you had to give up your swanky uh, New York pad. Were you living in? Where, were you in Harlem or where were yeah. you? At Yep. So I was in East Harlem. Um, I haven't fully given it up. I am still paying rent (laughs) because I can't find anybody to rent it. But I mean, right now I'm kind of exploring options, right? Everything is unknown, especially within our agency, as you hinted at. And so, you know, maybe I'll end up back down there, but right now I'm missing it, but I'm definitely enjoying being able to get outside and, you know, live in upstate New York summer. So it's nice. All right, cool. So, you know, I always ask this of of all the guests because I think it's such an interesting question, simple question, but an interesting one. And that is, how do you describe the role of a creative director? So Mm -hmm. you're an associate creative director for us at Advantage. How would you describe the role? Like, what's your what's your job? And and obviously, we're we're a small but mighty group. But what do you think the job of a creative director is? Yeah, we are small but mighty which I think I enjoy um, because it makes my role a little bit different than, yeah, what it might be at a bigger agency. But um, I think a creative director's role is like a Sherpa. (laughs) I don't know if that, hopefully that's not offensive now. I Um, love, no, it's it's not, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a Sherpa, but I love that word. I use it. I actually use that word a lot uh, too. So I like it as a concept. So hopefully we're not offending any Sherpas out there. (laughs) Right. I think it also relates. I love exploring mountains. So um, I feel that way often anyway. But yeah, just like kind of guiding and leading a team through unexplored mountains, which could be, you know, a creative challenge of any type. I feel like there is my personal opinion with our agency is how do you balance 
you know, guiding and leading and allowing everybody else to contribute their ideas and bring those to life and providing what they need to, you know, really achieve their goals. Um, and then also having our own, as a creative director, vision come to life. So how do you kind of, you know, really lead the team while also allowing their creative voice to come through? But, but yeah, I would say it's really a guide in my mind. And, you know, I think it's also, it's funny that they use the word Sherpa because I immediately think of like Mount Everest and, mm-hmm. you know, part of going up Mount Everest is looking at all the dead bodies that are, that are, <laughs> that are frozen. Right. So there's, yeah. <laughs> there's an analogy there. It's like, I got to protect my team from all the dead bodies and seeing all the people frozen in, yeah. uh, in the snow. So they don't think that that's going to happen to them. And obviously the guiding aspect is, is very important. And as you continue to progress as, as you will, that aspect becomes more and more part of your day to day, which is, which can be tough. I've talked about Mm -hmm. it on the podcast before that it's sometimes hard not to want to roll up your sleeves and, and contribute as well. And you still can, but you know, it becomes more about guiding. So how do you, how do you let go? And is that, has that come up in your role within the agency, like, have you had moments where you're like, I, I want to just, I just want to do this myself. Right. You know, yeah. or where you feel yeah. like you want to be part of something and you can't let go. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely a very real struggle, but I think it's something that I've learned to handle better as the years have progressed. I think that also comes from having trust in your, you know, your coworkers, the people on your team, you know, knowing that, they can handle it and kind of just putting faith in that. But yeah, I think it's very real. I mean, I still struggle with it. So it's definitely something that I'm going to continue working on. But I think it's really just, you know, trying to accept that, okay, you know, maybe this isn't the way I did it or I would have done it, but often it'll be better, right? Or right. it'll open the the door to something that I wouldn't have thought of. So right. just reframing. And, and just so you know, it, 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 that struggle continues. You know, I, I feel like I'm getting to a good spot where I feel like I like I'm able to let go more and, you know, empower you guys to take on more and more. And sometimes I feel like, well, are they going to think that I just don't, that I'm just like giving, you know, like I'm just <laughs> passing everything on to them. And, and that's, I think that's where the mind, the mind F comes into place, mm-hmm. right? Cause you don't, you definitely don't want your team to think that you're just passing stuff off cause you don't want to do it. But part of it is like, you know, obviously I've got other things that I'm working on, but it's also, like you said, you got to let other people grow. And if I'm, you know, if I'm driving everything, if I'm driving everything, it's not good for me and it's not good for the team. But, you know, just know that uh, it's a struggle and but you have to realize that that's not the case. And sometimes you have Mm -hmm. to just kind of sort of explain that to people. It's like, hey, it's not that I don't want to help, you know, or that um, I'm not interested in helping. It's that I got to. A, I have other things going on, and B, I'm trying to empower you to grow and right. and build and and learn and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely part of it, especially in a smaller agency. I think making sure that everybody's getting the opportunity to expand their skill set and you know get maybe a little uncomfortable in certain scenarios, which I think you've been great at pushing me <laughs> in that realm, which is important. You know, I think everybody should constantly be growing so that they're happy. Right. We want to keep our our team members happy and and here with us. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, that is that is the way that that you grow. And sometimes we think that we can't do stuff and it 
you know, sometimes it just takes somebody saying like, oh, you, you can do it and you're going <laughs> to, you're going to do it because we have no, we have no other choice. So right. no, but yeah. it, you know, I, I think that every challenge that I certainly any challenge that I've given you, you've always lived up to. And hopefully, you know, after you were done cursing me out, you realize like, <laughs> Hey, he was right. I could do it. <laughs> I don't think I've cursed you out many times, so it's fine. <laughs> I always appreciate it. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about your, so how you got to this path. I'm tr- I was trying to think back. Mm-hmm. You've been, we've been working together now for quite a, quite a bit of time, maybe mm-hmm. six, six, seven years, I think, right? Six and a half. Yeah. Six and a half, which is crazy in my mind when I think about it. it. Seems like it's gone by very fast, which I guess is just life. But yeah, I went to school at a really, you know, small art school. And I didn't even realize experiential was like a thing. And I didn't know it was a thing until I like stepped foot in the office. (laughs) I don't think even during, you know, the interview process, I was like, oh yeah, I can do this. But I don't think I had a full grasp on it. But funny enough, I, prior to this worked at like a large format printing company that actually provided me with the exact experience I needed from like an executional, like, you know, handling big print files, thinking about things more large scale, which, you know, is only part of our business, but I definitely think that that set me up for success. So that wasn't my ideal spot when I got out of school, but, you know, I graduated in 2010. So the economy was, you know, in a rough spot at that point, of course, similar to maybe what we're experiencing now, but, um, I was lucky to have a job and in the long, um, the long run, it was perfect. So um, I did that. And then I was like, you know, what? I need a new challenge. And I found this position and I haven't left, but it's been, you know, good challenges one after the other. So here I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that you stuck it out because like, like, um, you know, things are, things are definitely opening up creatively for us. I think we're going to be doing a lot more things. So I think, um, I, I'm glad that you stuck it out because I think mm-hmm. uh, we're on the cusp of doing some really interesting things. What is your, when you think about your own um, creative process, what's that like? Because I, I know that you and I probably work kind of differently, but what's your, mm-hmm. how would you describe your process? Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting question. Cause I think it depends on what it is. However, mm-hmm. I think it always starts with a good plan, but you know, it is process, right? It's 50% process for me, 50%, I think, intuition or like emotional. So in terms of that, I think the process is planning. So figuring out what is that road that you're going to take to to get there? You know, do we need to do a lot of research or do all these fun exercises that we, we've been doing, you know, for one of our clients? But yeah, no, I mean, so I think there's a lot of, you know, exercises you can do to put yourself in the mindset of, Um, either the consumer or the client, you know, all of that work um, to really understand the problem and what you're trying to solve for. And then obviously research into creative expressions, you know, inspiration and all of that. But I think a lot of my process is also just thinking. And sometimes I don't feel like I'm always ready when I need to be, but often I... And the intuition part is where it kicks in. I like feel like I know when I am in the right direction, like when I have an idea or I'm moving in the right direction. And I think that's also kind of how I live my life. So I wouldn't say it's just a a straight, you know, here we do research this, this, and this. Um, I think there's some, I'm a little bit more loose with my overall process. Do you have any kind of go-to things that you like to do when 
let's say you're stuck or mm -hmm. you're looking for some innovative thinking, are there any little tricks or techniques that you use to sort of get out of that? Yeah. Um, I would say it's taken me a little while to figure this out, but I think often I just need to leave, like stop whatever I'm doing and like, you know, um, don't fight it like the process more so just let go and realize that like, sometimes you need to take a, a fresh look at it either the next day or, you know, most recently when we were working on an RFP, I was like really struggling with some ideas and I went on a bike ride, which is something I'm able to do now that I'm in upstate New York. And I came up with some ideas that I think in the end were good contributions, but I was just riding my bike. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like giving it's physicality. A chance. Yeah. yeah. And there's also something about the physicality that um, I've read some things about any one of the other guys that I, uh, creative directors that I interviewed previously, Mike Matthews said, you know, he goes out for a run or he, he does add some kind of physical mm -hmm. element to that. So that's interesting. And I would, I would love to understand more about what the, like how that all works, but yeah, that, so that's kind of your go-to is just get out and do something, take a bike ride or. Yeah. Or yeah. You know, or take my dog on a walk or, you know, anything that's kind of allowing my brain to maybe quiet down more, but, and like focus on something else that I'm doing, right. Like cycling, you have to be paying attention, but you're still able to creatively think through things. So it's not as intentional, I guess, maybe. I don't really know if that's what, correct. But. What about uh, what other sources of inspiration? Books, mm -hmm. podcasts, what it, you know, where what do you draw inspiration from? Yeah. So, I would say like visually, um some show I like I love watching um creative shows. So, anything this new Netflix, which I feel like a dork for this, but The Flower Fight, which is literally just like florists and other creatives. It's similar to the Great British Bake Off, but it's like florists and they create these beautiful sculptures. So seeing people work with their hands and like what they create is really inspiring to me. There's this new HBO Max show called Legendary, which is all about voguing, which actually mm. um, Anastasia told me about. And like their sets are incredible and like the music that they pair and then like all the dancing and the uh, makeup and everything. is just like, I don't know. I'm always, I'm just like smiling the entire time I watch it. So stuff like that, definitely I try to seek out, but in terms of podcasts, I listen well, to this a, one, this one, of course, right. I'm sure you're for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've only, so to be honest, I need to listen to the last one. However, I didn't cause I didn't want it to influence what I'm saying now. <laughs> so right, that will be after this, but I listen to a range of things. I like a lot of pop culture podcasts, a lot of the ringer, you know, listening to people just discuss ideas is, I think, amazing. You know, that's just what I like. So, um, you know, they, they cover a lot of movies and books and music and all of that. So I love that stuff. Um, and, you're, and you're a Joe Rogan fan, right? Don't you listen to Joe Rogan? A little Rogan? bit, a little bit, but not, not as, I, as much as I used to. I have fans that are huge Joe Rogan, <laughs> or friends that are huge Joe Rogan fans. And um, he just moved, I guess. But he's always got really interesting interesting guest. I think often I go to him for like psychology stuff, which is probably another interest of mine. And, you know, listening to Brene Brown, I absolutely love her. She's got a new podcast called, I think it's called Unlocking Us. And when she first started, her first episode was called FFT, which 
stands for fucking first time, which I don't know if you have to bleep that out. But no, no, <laughs> it's we're talking about, Okay, good. <laughs> it's talking about doing things for the first time and just like how you get through it and how it's a normal experience for people to, you know, be a wreck. You know, you're like, oh my God, I've never done this. But like that, everybody experiences those feelings. Even before, you know, doing this, I've never done a podcast before, but it's like, you can do it. You just need to power through and realize that that feeling's normal. So I yeah. love her. She's got a lot of great stuff on that podcast. What else inspires me? I mean, I'm on Instagram all the time, following a ton of creatives, designers, interior designers, you know, all that for visual um, inspiration. But, but yeah, I think, I mean, I could go on. I could keep going if you want me to. But. Well, tell me a little bit about, I mean, you, you're, you just, you just mentioned it, right? You follow a lot of designers and, mm-hmm. and creatives and you're very, you're very into into following that and understanding that. And as a matter of fact, you are the, you're on the board, right. Of the, of the AI GA. Tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. that, that organization. Cause I know you've, you've been really excited and you've been a, yeah. a member and now you're, now you're one of the big wigs. So tell, <laughs> tell, tell the audience about that. Maybe you can yeah. recruit, recruit some new members. Right, too. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're always looking for new people. So AIGA is a nonprofit organization dedicated to furthering and like advancing design as a craft and a profession. So we do that through workshops, you know, networking, mentorship, some other like social change um, work. You know, we do a lot of um, initiatives around voting, especially, you know, this year. And so I think it kind of spread it. It touches a lot of parts of design and it's not just personal advancement, but also community advancement and how do we give back. So I'm definitely very passionate about it. I've been in, so in Connecticut, six years, I've been on and off, like in terms of really wanting to get engaged just because I think I was a little nervous, similar to what I was just talking about. But, you know, I I stepped up and I was like, you know, I have event experience because of what we do for work and they were looking for a programming chair. And so I was like, I can do that. And um, one thing led to to another. And two years later, now I'm co-president, which we're, you know, Connecticut's little. (laughs) It's not the same as, you know, being a co-president of the like New York City chapter, but it's still really, really um, rewarding and inspirational, I would say. Everybody is super passionate. And actually, Rachel, you know, our, our senior graphic designer, she just joined, which is amazing. That's awesome. Um, I did recruit her, but um, she's always been interested. It's nice to just be around other creative people that are, you know, interested in not just furthering our craft, but also giving back to the community. So right now we're going through the process of planning this year. And we did a makeathon, which is like kind of a creative hackathon. Mm. Um, we did that earlier in the, in the late spring. And that was really awesome. We had three nonprofits that we designed anything from like social media campaigns to an annual report. And, you know, they were a homeless shelter a food bank. So you're basically offering your services to these nonprofits and other organizations, and then mm-hmm. you take on a project and you turn it around what within like literally 24 hours, 48 hours? Yeah. Or yeah. So DC does a huge version of this, their chapter, but um, where they bring in like a ton of designers and make huge teams. We did three nonprofits and then, you know, you have three teams with those, which I think we had around like four to six people per team. So not only are we giving back to the organizations we're working with, but we're also bringing people from 
our community, designers in Connecticut that want a way to give back to the community. So we're also aligning on that aspect and giving good experience to some lower level designers if it's their first time. But you have 12 hours and it was going to be in person, but COVID made it virtual. But it was actually great. You know, we have all these awesome tools like Zoom and Teams, you know, that we can collaborate on now. So it was 12 hours. We had the clients um, pop in a couple of times. And then at the end of the day, they presented their work and, and that was it. And everybody fucking killed it. It was amazing. You're like, you did all this in just 12 hours. None of you have ever worked together before, you know. That's cool. Yeah. And, you know, it's all virtual. So I think that added a little bit of a challenge, but yeah, it was amazing. So we're definitely looking forward to doing that again next year. That's cool. I love that. I love that. And I, I want to, I'd love to do stuff like that within the agency. We've, we've talked about that idea. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe this is the time uh, to do it for sure. In terms of representation of women within creative at the creative director level, um, as you probably know, and I, I'm sure you guys probably even have some stats on it. It's it's pretty low. Oh, yeah. um, and what mm-hmm. do you know by any chance what the stat is? I know that, you know, they have that three percent conference, which I don't know how old that is. Yeah. Let's say it's around like nine or 10 years ago. That's what the number was at, for females in senior leadership within advertising and I think marketing. But I went a couple years ago and I think it was at like 13% or 12 or around there. So it's improved, but that's still so low. And yeah. that's, it's not even considering racial, you know, so like yeah. the dominant white male at all the high levels creatively. It's And it's crazy because that's what drives and it's what we see every day, right? Like it's through their lens. So the more diversity we can get, obviously the better. So we're moving in the right direction. I feel like when I was at that conference, they were, you know, still very much so concerned, but feeling good that we were getting to a point where it starts to, you're like almost at an apex where then afterwards things just start naturally happening. You don't have to push for it as much once you hit a certain number. So, but yeah, I'm honored to be a little bit higher level. You know, yeah, part female, of that for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're part of that movement. What do you think as those numbers continue to increase? You know, what does that do? What do you think that, that what kind of effect do you think that it has just on the work? I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are on that. As more females are, yeah, and also yeah. You're, you're kind of, you know, you're, you're kind of covering two boxes on that, right? Because, right. You're, yeah, um, Latina. yeah, yes. Yeah. So, what, what do you um, think? I think it just brings probably a more honest voice to work in certain instances, right? And also allows people to extend out of what's already being done. Um, You know, you're bringing in new thoughts, new ideas, challenging the status quo. Hopefully things will continue to shift. I mean, obviously right now things are changing drastically, you know, culturally for us, but I would love to see that in the creative industry also, you know, how do you represent more people across the board in a more honest way, rather than just trying to like check off boxes or, or all that. I think it'll be more honest. Do you think that as you watch things or see things, do you think that you're able to pick out like, Oh, that was probably done by (laughs) just curious. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes, but also I, I mean, people are, designers are great at mimicking things. So I, I would say often it's, it's, if you understand the bigger picture, like, you know what that brand is and you're just like, I, I bet that that wasn't, you're doing that because you want the right reaction not because right. you, you know, care or you're trying to, but obviously in this 
in this world right now, that's going to change. I mean, not obviously, but hopefully. And I think brands don't have a choice anymore. So I'm excited about that. So in in addition to that, you know, what, what do you think the future of our industry um, looks like? You know, what are the, what are the challenges obviously besides getting passed through the pandemic now and -hmm. and the experiential work that we do, we know that that's going to have a long lasting effect and how we do things. What other challenges do you think yeah. Um, what, are we, what are we facing? I think that it's kind of similar in terms of being like more responsible. And that has to go with COVID for sure in terms of health, you know, especially in our industry. But even in terms of responsibly advertising or, you know, speaking, um, how do you do honest and authentic representation and, you know, um, communicate in a a better light than we have in the past? But also, I don't know. I mean, even the environment, I, there's so many things right now that um, I think people are finally realizing needs to change. So how do brands, you know, showcase that they care and are behind that? So I, I think, I honestly think that that's the way, the way people are going to be going. And, you know, we've seen numbers saying that that's what millennials and, and the younger generations also want. So creatively, it's like in terms of, let's say, experiential, once we get back there, how do we make sure that we're being responsible in terms of environmental aspects, which has always been a little bit of a challenge, we know. But also, how do you be more responsible in your communications, depending on who you're talking to, and stuff like that? Yeah. What about just in terms of the way that agencies are are set up to work with clients? Do you have any thoughts on that? Are you are you seeing... <laughs> Now oh, that she, agencies she's smiling. do everything. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's interesting. Well, I don't know. I'm just like, you know, we've, <laughs> we've talked about, you know, I, I think, and I mentioned it a bunch of times. So people that are, that have listened to multiple ep- episodes are probably like, all right, dude, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just think that there's a big, there's just a big reckoning coming uh, mm-hmm. because of everything, how brands have had to pivot really quickly during this time. And they're probably realizing like, huh. We did that pretty fast and yeah. for not a lot of money. So right. uh, you know, I feel like there's going to be, which I think could be really cool. Cause I think, you know, having all the amounts of money in the world doesn't necessarily make things better. There's something interesting oh, right. about being scrappy and, you know, um, but anyway, that's, that's kind of my take on it. But yeah. do you, what, do, what do you see? Yeah. I mean, I think that that is definitely what I feel. And I think um, I wonder if some of that comes from being a smaller, more nimble agency. But it is interesting to to see some of these powerhouse agencies that have all of the capabilities under one umbrella, but are they spreading themselves too thin? Are they not specializing in what they're really offering? You know, I think that that can be a challenge, but I also think you're right in terms of being adaptable and, and quick to respond is important, especially right now. So smaller agencies like us are good at that. You know, we're good at getting people to just like jump in, dive into a project and figure out how we can make it work without having to go through all these like bureaucratic bullshit steps. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know though, will we go back in that direction or will, you know, bigger agencies just figure out like a way to have all of those capabilities and, but really act in silos so that they're almost like individual agencies under them. Who knows? You know, I, I don't, I don't really know what, what that's going to look like, but I think the more affordable aspect of a smaller agency, I'm sure is, is going to be. Yeah. And there's just the response, the response time and just, you know, everything is just getting so instant, right. Everything, every every aspect of our lives. So it stands to reason that 
that's next, right? And um, yeah, sorry, I was gonna say, what's that saying <laughs> that you always say, you say you like you can't have it <laughs> cheap, good, good, fast, and cheap. Pick two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know though. Maybe that's your yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you can't pick all three. <laughs> no, no, no. Hopefully, hopefully not. What do you? Here's here's the here's a big question. What do you want to do when you grow up? Like, oh, yeah. do you feel you know? If you if you could if you could say like well I want to continue down this path or I would really love to be end up here I won't hold it against you this isn't right. you know not going to be like what you want to go start a start a bakery what do you mean you're fired right yeah um, what do you want to do um it's that's a hard question for me because I feel like I'm interested in so many things and it's like constantly changing but if I were to try to shift out of what I'm doing now, which I don't know if I want to, to be honest. Yeah. So that's like part of the answer. I would maybe, I really enjoy the experience of designing spaces, which obviously is directly experiential, but like, how do you bring that into either residential or, um, you know, retail spaces and, and more, a little bit different, not necessarily thinking through the graphics or anything like that, but kind of the environment and in the sense and emotion people take away from spaces and, and all of that I think is really interesting. So maybe that, or I would just like to like maybe be a, a I don't know, a farmer and like do pottery. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one of those two things, one of those two completely opposite things. Right. Yeah. Well, what, what's interesting. And, and I think this is goes back to something we talked about earlier. And one of the challenges that I think I either gave it to you or you just kind of took it on your own, but you taught yourself a lot of things in regards to environmental mm -hmm. design, right? You just, uh, I remember you saying, well, I'm going to start messing around with SketchUp. Mm -hmm. And before we knew it, you were designing environments and you're still doing that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we we sometimes also bring in somebody who's actually a big fan of the show. So we're going to say hi to Ooh. Astrid. Love she's Astrid. the she's the best. She's the best. <laughs> if you need anybody needs 3D environmental yes. design with a really critical eye and just a an, sweet, nice person to work with. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. She's very talented. But we bring her in to um to help us with those. Uh, but but that's also something that you're kind of overseeing and in, in some cases from a bigger picture point of view and working closely with her to bring those things to life. So you you mm -hmm. actually taught yourself how to how to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so I was thinking about this probably within like the last month or so. I remember like when I was younger, I used to like planning out spaces. So this is, so when I think about it, it kind of makes sense that my brain's going in that direction if I were to change, but I always liked kind of like mapping out, like if I had a cafe, what would I want it to look like and feel like? Um, so I think I've always had that interest, but never thought I could do it. And once I realized like, Hey, you know, this, this program one was free and two, like, it applies directly to my work. I was like, there's no way I shouldn't try. So yeah, I mean, you know, you can find tutorials everywhere nowadays. So I think it's really, really exciting to be able to see my flat, like traditional design work applied to a 3D space. And the fact that I can like do all of that is really empowering, I think. So it's definitely very self-serving, but, <laughs> but I love it. I mean, it's definitely, it's a whole nother way to think about, um, things 3d versus 2d. So it was a great challenge and I'm hoping I can one day be like Astrid. <laughs> oh, she's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. 
I don't, I, now I'm starting to regret that I mentioned her name because now she's going <laughs> to she's going to take on more work and not be right. available to us. So don't don't call Astrid. Just you have to come through us first. Yeah, you have to come through us. Um, but yeah, so that you know that just I think really speaks to your wanting to take on more and learn more and just be a really well-rounded creative person. Because when you came in, you were mostly focused on graphic design, Mm -hmm. right? And as you've gone through, you've really expanded into more of conceptual thinking and writing. Your your writing Mm -hmm. is excellent. And even spatial design, you know, we've been, we were working on something just recently where you were thinking very critically about an entrance and the way Mm -hmm. that something flowed because of COVID and just, you know, how things naturally flow and how people progress. And that's pretty cool because you've, you've taken, you've gone, you've come a long way from being someone who was focused on kind of a 2d experience to a much broader conceptual experience and even, you know, thinking uh, spatially and all that. So I think that Mm -hmm. that's pretty interesting. Um, so you you should be, yeah, you should be very, (laughs) you should be very proud of yourself. Thank you. (laughs) A long way. So, uh, so now it's, you know, we've come to that point in the show where it's time to pay off the name of the show and I need, I need your creative director confession and just know that you will be granted amnesty if it has anything to do (laughs) with your work for advantage or work that you've done with me or for me or whatever, I, I will mm-hmm. absolve you. You will not serve any creative jail time <laughs> for your confession. So if you tell me that, you know, you designed something when you were drunk, right. then, you know, which well, that might be, that, that might be kind of likely. Maybe. I mean, I've definitely, I've definitely done that before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't be lying if I didn't say that just because, you know, sometimes we've got late hours, especially since I'm on the East coast and you're on the West coast. I've gone right. out, you know, in, in downtown Stanford with the crew and come back and been like, I've got to finish this really quick. <laughs> but no, that's not my confession. I don't do that as much because I'm not as, as young as I was when I first joined. <laughs> No, I think my confession, which I don't know, I kind of already hinted at it, is more so like, and I think as I've grown in age, um, I've realized this is more common, but often I feel like I'm, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm doing something for the first time and I, and people don't know, right? So I'm like, oh yeah, totally. I can do that. It's fine. And I'm like, holy shit, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I think though, I kind of thrive in the, in that realm, like in, in those kind of scenarios. So I would say that applies to a lot of experiences, <laughs> not just one specifically, but so yeah. is yeah. it, is it kind of what, you know, what they call imposter syndrome mm-hmm. or just like opening your mouth before you know if you can really do it and you're like, yeah, I can do that. And then going, oh shit, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's somewhere in between those two things, but is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, imposter syndrome is definitely something that I struggle with, but I think I've gotten better with that and realizing that that's pre- that's very normal, right? Um, mm-hmm. But also, I think it's all it's not wanting probably to disappoint people when they're like, "Hey, can you do this?" And I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, hundred percent, I can do that." <laughs> you know. Um, but also knowing that like I have a lot of foundational skills, so I can figure it out for the most part, unless it's like. Like, I don't know, engineering, you know, like right. back end, you know, coding or something. Even then, I mean, right. when I when I was at my last job, I was like, oh, yeah, I could totally build that website that has a database and like do PHP and like, 
MySQL and I don't even, you know, I was totally out of my realm. I figured it out. However, I would never want to do that again. So. Yeah. Well, even just recently during this, during the very beginning of this COVID thing, I challenged everybody and on the creative team to kind of take up something new or try to learn something different. And I, and you started learning how to create AR mm-hmm. little apps and little things, right? So what, yeah. what was that all about? Yeah. I mean, that kind of goes hand in hand also with my SketchUp stuff and just learning how to build 3D objects, which I think 100% is where, you know, our world is going, obviously with VR and then AR is so fun, I think. I follow a ton of designers that do this with just simple posters, you know, they're on Instagram being like, oh, look, here's this poster, it's flat, but then they go to the side and it's like 3D, it's breaking out of the space, it's like, you know, it's just really interesting, a different way to represent flat materials, so... I'm naturally interested in it. And I, I knew I already had a foundation. Again, I understand how to build 3D objects, maybe not to the level of, you know, perfect photorealism, but so, yeah, I played around with that. I made a fun little, like (laughs) a little juice box. That was a a birthday, a nod to um, one of my good friends who we call juice, but also she loves Lizzo. So Lizzo has a great song, you know, um, about that. We're not going to go into that because it's a little naughty, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I used it in a way to like kind of surprise my friends, but also just learn something new. Uh, What it comes down to, and um, I have yet to get in trouble for it, knock on wood, but it's that idea of it, it, to me, it's about the critical thinking and about knowing what to do to figure it out. Like knowing, like I've never done that, but just based on everything that I know and the fact that I can kind of think critically, we can figure it out, right? We can figure Mm -hmm. it out. To me, the most important part is just the conceptual part and, and the other stuff. It's like, we can figure it out. Um, So I think it's really that kind of critical thinking aspect because you're right nowadays you can find so much information that there's really if you if you can dream up the idea or you have a good grasp of it and you're a critical thinker you can figure out you know how to do just about anything so luckily hasn't gotten me in any any major (laughs) trouble yet because i say i say yes to a lot of things that we've never done before because I, i have confidence in my own critical thinking and my own abilities, but then I also have confidence in you guys that you guys are, are going to know how to help build it out and figure it out. I think, um, mm-hmm. we, I think we've, um, we've kind of proven that we can do that. So it's kind of neat to be able to say like, yeah, I think we can figure that out. Let's just try it. Let's try it. Let's try it. Yeah. I mean, also it goes back to that whole, like, I just want a challenge often, right? Like, why not? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I guess why not? It could crash and burn and then you're screwed. But the likelihood of that is pretty, it's pretty low, I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you know, obviously you have to be smart about what you're, you know, what you're doing. A lot of, a lot of times we're trying to figure things out so that we can do more of it later. Right. So obviously mm-hmm. you're not, you're not going to be able to go and charge top dollar for something you've never done. But oh, if you're yeah. like, I, I want to be able to do more of this. So I, we're going to figure it out. It's going to turn out great. We probably can't charge a fortune for it, which means that we'll probably get the work and mm-hmm. then we'll add it to our portfolio and then we'll be able to do more of it and, and build on that. So I definitely, oh, yeah. I love that. I love that mindset. So, all right. So that was your creative director confession. I like it. I think, it I think it's pretty, yeah, <laughs> I think it's pretty common. I think several of the people that I've had on the, uh, on the show have said things that are similar. And I think just mm-hmm. as creative, as creative people, we tend to be, sometimes a little bit insecure. And I, I, I mean, imposter syndrome grows across the board in all walks of life. So it's probably, we're not, it's not unique to us, but I think 
we we tend to maybe be a little bit uh, especially hard on ourselves because we're you know more typically a little bit more sensitive <laughs> a little bit more you know we're artists well, yeah i was gonna say i feel like we're barely, you know like our souls are shining sometimes through our work so <laughs> yeah not not really but you know it's always i think it seems personal um and i'm pretty good at taking criticism but sometimes you're just like damn i thought that was really good and then yep. you know it wasn't but whatever it's part of life so <laughs> Well, like, you know, I, I think I've, I've mentioned this to you before, and if I haven't, I'm mentioning it to you now. I mean, you're, you're the next generation of, of, you know, creative directors, female, uh, Latina. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're the next generation, so you're, you have a lot of responsibility and a lot of uh, – you, you got to, you know, bring up, <laughs> bring up the, fo- the folks behind you. And, and, I mean, this is your, your thing, right? You're stepping into mm-hmm. this big role, and I think that – you've done such an incredible job getting to this point. And I just think there's so many incredible opportunities for you uh, just around the corner. So thanks for sticking with it. Thanks. Thanks for being part of the the team and not giving oh, up yeah. on giving up on my little dream of building something <laughs> cool. And I, like I said, I think, I think we're getting there. So um, yeah, just congratulations on all your accomplishments and uh, you know, you're, you're, you're so moving nice. up. You're so yeah. kind. I mean, we have a fearless leader, so obviously. Well. You wouldn't want to work under anybody else. So. <laughs> I try. I try. Okay. Well, stay safe. Um, and I will probably see you like in the next 15 minutes. Cause we probably yeah. have another call after probably. this, but <laughs> it's always, uh, it's always fun to see you. You always have a smile on your face and you always make me laugh and, uh, you always do incredible work. So I really appreciate you. Thanks, Jaime. You're okay. amazing too. <laughs> All, right. All right. We'll talk bye. soon. Okay. Bye. All right. That's a wrap on episode number seven of Confessions of a Creative Director. My special thanks to my guest today, Jacina Servalik, Associate Creative Director at Advantage. Uh, I'm so proud just to have her on the team and, and so glad that you guys could hear a little bit more about her. Uh, as I mentioned, she's definitely the next generation of creative directors, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for her. So thanks again, Jacina, for being on the show. Also, I want to give a shout out to the number one fan of the podcast, Astrid Cobb. We mentioned her uh, on the podcast earlier. She does a lot of our render work. She's an incredible visual artist. I'm hesitant to do this because I don't want her to get too busy to not be able to work on our stuff. But I, I have to give her a shout out. Check out her website, CobbEventDesign.com. That's C-O-B-B, EventDesign.com. So you can see some of the incredible work that she does. And she's the number one fan of the show, so even her a shout-out there. Our theme music, composed by the unknown band that we won't even talk about anymore. I don't know who they are, but I love your song, and so if you hear it, let me know. Um, you know figure something out. And now playing us out, as usual, is yours truly. This is song number, I think it's song number 17 from the song club that I started uh, right at the beginning of uh, quarantine. This song is called Summer Night, Austin, Texas, taking me back to my roots. That's it for now. Uh, For more information on the show or show notes, check out cdconfessions.com. All right, we'll see you next time. Peace.
Gardez-vous.